morning, Nicola. How are you this morning? There's that smile. <laughs> Good morning, Lincoln. How are you doing this morning, Nicola? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Fantastic. And I think you? we got to call it Colgate, man. You got that beautiful, sparkling smile, that, you know, that ding <laughs> smile. So Colgate. do you, Lincoln. So listening. do you. All I see when I'm looking at you is pure teeth. It's those teeth. Go, Lincoln. Yes. Go, Lincoln. Go. I love it. I am doing fantastic this morning, Nicola, and I want to welcome our um, audience to another beautiful episode of the Lemonade Lounge, where you get your mind, mind your body, your body and, and your, your money, money juices flowing. Yeah, baby. Come on. Get it going. Get it going. Get it going. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you're really happy today. <laughs> I do happy really well, baby. I don't do sad. You know what, everybody? I'm your host, Nicola, and joining me is your other host, Lincoln Holness, baby. I'm, I'm, the, I'm like the, uh, 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 the the worker. Okay, just call me the worker host. <laughs> That's my you bossy know. talking to there. <laughs> Go, bossy. <laughs> and we would like to squeeze your lemon. We're squeezing that lemons today. Yes, we are. Well, so what's our lemons? What's lemons we're squeezing yeah. today, Nicola? Today's lemon is, what's our power? What's our resources? And are we choosing to struggle as Black people? Now, let's do some lemons and make some lemonades. Yeah, You're wondering why I chose this topic? I am. Oh. That's interesting. I didn't really choose this topic. This is a continuation from our previous podcast. It's just a continuation. Oh, yeah. These are things we really need to discuss. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off with uh, Marcus Garvey. Mm. You sent me a documentary to watch on him. Uh -huh. I, I, I have to confess, I didn't finish watching. Uh -huh. But I have to tell you, out of the one hour and 20 minutes, uh -huh. I'm at one hour and 15 minutes. Oh, nice. So I've got five minutes left to go. Uh -huh. But um, what made you discuss that? Uh, what made you decide you wanted to talk about Marcus Garvey? Is it because we decided that we need to start focusing on influential Black people, people who have made history? Um, uh, there's a couple reasons why I wanted to do that. Garvey was doing some um, incredible things. And I wanted to talk about him because it's, it's about 100 years ago, right? Almost 100 years ago, this was happening. And I, there's a few things that take place, was taking place while Garvey was trying to uplift the race. Um, there's a few things going on behind the scenes that was um, sabotaging his mission by our own people, right? And they were sabotaging, helping the oppressor to sabotage the movement that was helping our own people. And I was, I was thinking of the movement and how the movement became incredibly powerful, right? To the point where it's, um, we, we're talking about a um, 11 or 12 million followers globally, even in Africa, they couldn't wait, you know. And there was one section that talks about when the newspaper would get to Africa, and this was very impressive, um, that the people would read it and the young, the youngsters were charged to, 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 to um, memorize the paper from the person who's reading it. And then the youngsters would go out and spread the word to the wow. community. That was some powerful, powerful stuff. So when I was thinking about the power that he was bringing and the movement that he started, and that was in the 20s and what took place in the 20s with, um, with um, Oklahoma, with, with Durham, with uh, Chicago, with all of these things, and the same thing came and happened to Garvey. It shows that it was happening all across America. It wasn't just in the South that they were tearing down black people. They were, the mission was to take them down all across America, 
right? Because they're not allowed to grow. They're not allowed to build wealth. They're not allowed to be educated. They're not allowed to go. Because if they if they go up, um, they're it's like they're they're surpassing us basically. So we'll allow one or or two of you who supports our mission to move up. But if you're not, if you're against our mission of oppression, then we're going to take you down. And that was pretty powerful in the documentaries. I said, this, this has to be talked about, right? We need to have a discussion around this. Yeah, well, I, I was watching it and it was interesting because he was born in St. Anne's, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And, um, His parents, well, his grandparents, they were slaves. And just the way he was raised, he was his good friend was a little white girl. And then she was shipped off and told that she couldn't communicate with him anymore because he was a Negro. Yeah. And that's when he realized that he was different. Uh -huh. Incredible. And then... Um, he realized later on that he could, well, he started working at the print shop and he realized that that's how to get um, the word spread. And believe it or not, I've taken out some of Marcus Garvey's books from the library and I started reading them and I really wasn't interested in them. I didn't really like the way they were written. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I started reading one and I couldn't get into it. But after watching the documentary, I think I'm going to attempt reading another one of his books. I actually think that I have um, a couple of his books as well downstairs on my bookshelf. Nice. So I'm going to um, attempt reading them again. These are books I've bought, and I said I'm going to read them, and it's good for my kids. Even though I say it's good for my kids, they've never read one, and they won't even pick it up. But just for my education, it's good to know about this history. Like, so you see this young Jamaican, um, just very innovative, um, has a really creative mind. He could see in the future all the things he wanted to be and do. He wanted to be a gentleman, right? I guess he wanted to be respected. And what I really liked about his story is he taught, he was teaching black people to love themselves. Absolutely. Um, because of the way black people were depicted. And you had to, like, we were brainwashed, hypnotized, just by everything that happened around us. Mm -hmm. Not that we're no good, we're not good enough. Um, people of a different color or people with pale skin, they're better than us in every single thing. And um, he wanted, he showed them that, no, that's not true. So he left Jamaica, he went to America when his business failed because he really was not good at money. And no. um, I also like the love story as well. Yes. With, um, his wife, she was ready to jump in front of a bullet for him. Like, uh -huh. wow. I don't know if I'm going to do that for my husband. <laughs> That's funny. Roger, but, you uh, <laughs> mm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he'd take a bullet for me either. Please. <laughs> I do love him. But I don't know to what extent, right? Yeah. If I'm gonna, I'd be like, just let me see now. Mm. If I jump in front, I die. The kids don't have a mom. Yeah. And then at least he'd continue working because he has to support the family. I just try to be very logical about things. Yeah, you have to think to, about it. Except really before I jump, can it, I get five minutes to think about this before I jump? You know, no, you know, like, let me think about it. Am I going to take the bullet or are you going to shoot him? You know, let me yeah. analyze that. That's just how I am. But, oh. So back to him, like, um, his story is incredible. Like, he never gave up. He found a way to do everything he wanted to do. He wasn't successful. But now when we look back, like, even with the bonds, selling bonds, I think, um, and then just everybody informing on him. I don't know. It's, um, I guess if you're living in a country and you're talking about black people killing white people as well in Africa, 
that's going to raise some red flags, right? <laughs> They're going to want to stop you. So just the, he was a radical in so many ways. And because of that, I think that was a downfall as well. Um, I'm never, ever, ever for killing anyone. Regardless. Well, he wasn't, he, he, he was into defending, not starting, mm -hmm. right? He didn't want to start a war, but he was willing to defend them himself, which the, everyone should have a right to do that. But what, what his main focus and his mission was economical power yeah. and taking the people back to Africa. His mission was, we need to take our power back to Africa, and, but we need to build economics and chase everybody who is non-African out of Africa because we can run this ship by ourselves. And that was pretty powerful. His message, that's why it went global, because mm -hmm. his message resonates. His message was very powerful. And what he did was such an inspiring thing, because he started from nothing. He came with zero to America. No, <laughs> right? he did. I know. He started from nothing, but he created a movement in his short life, right? Because of that now, power. How old was he when he died? Like 50, I think like 53 or something like that. It was a young man. It was a really young man. But, but what killed him, yeah, what killed him was the government killed him. They, they sent him in to put him in prison. They, took, they, they broke his soul. They took his soul. Like what they did to the slaves. They know how to take our soul. And our souls has been captured. What, what Garvey was doing was freeing black people's souls. That's what he was doing. And they go, uh-uh, we can't do that. Because if their souls are free, then we're not in control anymore. We'll lose control. And that scared the hell out of them. So this mission came from, came from the highest level, <laughs> right? You know, to take down Garvey, you know? And uh, so they had to find a way because they didn't want to cause any chaos. They're scared of the chaos. So they wanted to find a way legally to take him down. Even the way they took him down was not, was not even mail fraud. It was, he was doing that to everybody to invest in the company, in all the companies, right? That was just the normal, it's the only way. It's like me sending an email offering investment, but they found a way to twist it and took him down. But this is, this is the thing that, that, that is pretty powerful here. And you mentioned it. He was so, a visionary. Oh, he was a visionary. Are we choosing? Are we choosing to be poor? Are we choosing to be in poverty? That is a Garvey has highlighted that. I don't know if many people catch that from, from what Garvey was doing, but Garvey shines a light on that pretty bright, right? Are we choosing to be poor? Right? Are we choosing to stay in poverty? Because Garvey shows you that we didn't have to. Exactly. Once, yeah, once our self-esteem, once our self-esteem start to rise a little bit and we start to understand we have a little bit of value and self-worth and we are humans. We are not subhumans like they told us. We are humans and actually we are better humans than they are because we've never started a war, enslaved nobody, or doing anything bad. Well, you know, we help enslave ourselves, but that's a different topic, right? But so once we start coming to that realization, we start to, we start to move on. So what happened then? Is our soul that crushed, right? Is our soul that's taken? If you think of this though, um, uh, Nicola, the American blacks are the wealthiest blacks in the world. They are. Okay. But how many American blacks are rich? Let's say, let's say we're about 50 million of the population, including all the imports that came in, right? Let's say that. If, if how many of that 50 million you think is wealthy? I'm Googling it now. Honestly, I, I don't. I'm just I think a out of the 50 million, 
the wealthy black people. Rich, not even wealthy. When you say rich, what are you talking about rich? Are you talking about like, when you say millionaire, um, are you talking about millionaires? And when you say millionaires, are you talking about people who have like 50 million and more? No, 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 millionaires, a million or above. Oh, a million or above. Yeah, rich, a million or above net worth. And when you say that, does that mean that they own a home that's valued as that? Or it doesn't do they matter. Have a million, one a million, million dollars above. in their A million or above. Account? A million or above. It doesn't matter if they own it. It's in cash or asset. I, I think like out of 50 million, there's got to be at least 5 million. Okay. Uh, so what percentage is that? That's 10%. Yeah. Okay. Um, I beg to differ. I would say maybe it's even 2%. Right? If you, if you look at China, I just want to show a comparison. Mm-hmm. Okay, China today is housing more than fifty million millionaires. Yeah. Okay, more than fifty million millionaires. Mm-hmm. Okay, including some billionaires, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's more than the population of black people in America. Now, that's more than millionaires than Africa have in all of Africa. Mm-hmm. And they're 1. Um, 1, 1.4 billion people that they, that they know of. They're probably another billion that they don't know of, didn't count from the bushes, <laughs> right? Um, that they, they have, way less than China. Now, let's compare resources. What I'm trying to do is is to draw a contrast here between the wealthiest blacks, which is just a handful, and the rest of us, which is the majority, right? And, And resources. Think of the resources. What resources do you think China have? China has built this in the last 25, 30 years. What resources do you, do they have? Are you talking about natural resources or technology? Yes. Any resources that China have when they build, when they were building their wealth? What resources do you think they have? Nothing. They started it. They started, they started labor. They labor started resources. labor because they basically, everything goes to China to be made. Yes, labor and, resources. And they, they looked at everything that um, all the other countries around the world were sending them, and they made it themselves. Yes, labor resources they have, right? Okay, what kind of resources um, Africa have? Africa has a lot of natural resources. Every single resource you can imagine. We, the uranium that made the nuclear bomb that was dropped on Japan came from the, can- the Congo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have all the natural resources that the West is using. Why are we broke? Okay, so Without our- Africa, the West would not be the West. The so-called West would not be it. Without that's, Africa, that's that's an easy one to link in. Um, the way I look at it is um, education. Are they educated in all the resources that they have? I know that they don't own them. I know that Caucasians own all these resources because they're there and they they know what's available. But I'm thinking about a lot of these tribes, small tribes. I don't think they know all that they have all these resources and they know what to do with these resources. I think today Africa know every African know the power of the resources they have right now this minute. And Yes, I know so. That thing so. And we have the talent and the ability right now today to control and take care of our own resources. Some countries are doing it. Okay, so right? what's your suggestion? So you think my point for me, I can say I'm ignorant on that. So for somebody like me, how would you educate me? Educate you. Yeah, on the resources of Africa. Well, the, the, the first thing we need to understand is that the talent, the leaders need to understand that the talent, they have the talent and we don't need anyone else. If you look at um, Paul Kagame, and I mentioned Paul Kagame for a reason, mm-hmm. for a specific, the Rwandan president, mm-hmm. okay? Rwanda 
Rwanda had a genocide a few couple of years ago. You remember the genocide in Iran, Rwanda? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Crazy. Um, yeah. And Rwanda was a very poor country just a couple of years ago. Not a couple. This is like 20 years, but yes. It's a couple of years ago. 20 years is not that long. Okay. Now, if you look at Rwanda today, Rwanda today is one of the, 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 the best cities in Africa. Um, Kigali is, the, is known as the cleanest cities in Africa, the cleanest city. And it's one of the most developed. Why? Why? Kigami, when he got elected, I think in 2000 or 2001, whatever, they were poor. They had nothing like all African countries, like all the blacks in America. Now, I'm going someplace with this, so give me a second. But what he did was that I, he said, I cannot keep singing the same song as every other leader. I need to grow my people and grow my country. So his focus was to do that. The only reason why China grew his people and his, their country is because the focus shifted. Before that, China couldn't buy rice. 30 years ago, China couldn't buy rice. They couldn't afford rice, right, to feed their people. Today, they have 50 million millionaires. Why? Leadership. Leadership. Now, if you, let's direct this back to America. Who's our leader? Who's the black leaders in America? Um, our, our black leaders are athletes and they're rappers. Yeah. 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 So we have no leadership. Garvey, they took away. Garvey was was the one who started the movement. X um, built his movement based on Garvey, right? He loved the X came because of Garvey. Um, MLK took things from Garvey, right? So they, they, um, they, after MLK, there has not been any leadership in America. They've become self-serving leaders like the ones we have across That's not Africa. it. I think a lot of people weren't willing to put their lives on the line realizing that how Martin Luther King was assassinated. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be assassinated. They want to be around with their family. Yeah. So a lot but, of them are willing to step up and do that. Yeah, we... we um, all these Black people, these activists, what happens? They get we, shot down. Yeah, we got to stop being activists and go to war. That's one thing that we were missing, is that we needed to go to war, right? They take down X, they took down the Panthers, they took down King. We needed to go to war. They took down Garvey, they took them. When are we going to wake up? And this is what we okay. got to do. You say we need to go to war. It's not that easy to go to war. Like we're in a nation where everybody is Caucasian. All the people who are in control of everything, the government, they are all Caucasian. You understand that? So when they shoot down our people, they've got the whole entire Caucasian community to say it's okay. If black people go and retaliate, what's going to happen? They're going to kill them and put them in jail. They, we don't have anybody in the government. We don't have um, our own government. Uh, we don't have uh, any of that. Let, let me ask you a question here. This is the mindset that keeps us down, right? You're looking at it from a structural standpoint. The mindset, mm -hmm. this is the kind of mindset on a number strong, mm -hmm. right? When you drive fear into a man, he'll back up. When you show man the devil, how evil you can be, he'll back up. You know why slavery was so effective? How is it you have three whites on a plantations with 50 and 100 slaves, and the slaves didn't go and chop them up and, and take over? Why? Because they drove evil into the slaves. They showed the slaves evil. They hanged them. They committed atrocities in front of them and make them run scared. It's not numbers. It's the will that's inside the man that counts. They not were the taught learn helplessness. They were taught learn helplessness. That's why. Exactly. So it's the same thing here. It's the same. Humans are humans. And we react and respond the same way to everything. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. What, uh, let me ask you a question. How many soldiers we have in, Amer in America? I don't know. I don't know. Let's say a million. Okay. 
how many soldiers they had in Afghanistan? How many Afghan uh, militia was there? I don't know. Okay, probably about 100, 150,000. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they drove America out. They drove Russia out. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. So it's not numbers, it's the will that no, is inside them. Think about that. They drove them out of their own country. That's what you're saying. But now we're in the country where they're majority Caucasians. We cannot drive them out of here. Really? May however, said, however like what I'm doing right now, I'm educating my children, letting them know that their professions that they choose for the future, they have to be choosing professions that are going to help us as a whole. So get into government, get into politics, get into finances, because if you have money, you can do a lot more than if you don't have a penny. So I'm driving them, I'm not driving them to be doctors. If they choose to be, that's fine. But lawyers, things like that, those jobs, that's what I'm trying to get my children in. So later on, they have a voice, they have a say, and they can make a difference. The way I see it, there's only three ways we can change this. There's only three ways to change. And marching is definitely not one of them. Um, because it hasn't worked in a hundred years, hundred plus years. The way I see it is three ways. The, the first way is that um, we could own this. We have to become leaders, not only in our community, but we got to own our own country in America, right? Uh, black money got to be black and it's got to remain that way. And we got to have our own country. You know, I, I agree with that. I don't believe that we have to have our own country. And maybe I don't believe that because I was raised here. But what I do 100% agree with is that we should try and keep the money black. Yeah. And we need to support more black businesses. I know you've always said that to me. I wasn't educated on that, as I told you before. And still now, my money is spent at the locations, the stores that are closest to me. Um, if I knew somebody that possibly a black owner that owned a gas station, sure. I know that there are lots of um, Asians that own gas stations. They 100% do. I've spoken to quite a few of them. There isn't one close by me right now, but, and the whole family works there, right? <laughs> they do. They work in the convenience. They own it. And this is what they do. I would gladly support them, right? Um, grocery stores around me, there really aren't any grocery stores that are black owned around me. Uh -huh. That would be a great thing to have a black owned grocery store so we can go and support them. Um, so there's a grocery store and as I said, I go to Costco to fill up my gas tank all the time because it's just affordable. And the majority of my shopping I do, I do it at Costco, a good portion because I buy a lot of things in bulk. And then for the second wave of the pandemic, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to Costco and I'm going to stack up before the second wave comes so that I'm prepared. But um, restaurants are the only places I can really see myself going um, to get Black-owned uh, food and things like that. Like... Um, this week was mine and my husband's anniversary, and he was taking me out for breakfast, and he decided that uh, we're going to go to a symposium. And I said, no, it's Blackout Tuesday. You're only supposed to spend your money in black businesses. Uh, so we went to a restaurant called Jamaica House. It was 10 in the morning. Breakfast was finished. So we left there, and um, we went to another Jamaican restaurant. Um, I don't remember what it's called but we were the first ones in there to get breakfast and we got there around 10 30 and we got our breakfast it was delicious but and we asked them how business was they're like with the pandemic it's they have some good days some bad days so it, it was sad seeing that but i was happy they're guyanese we went in there and we supported them and that was the extent of it for the day everything else we did that he had planned it was black on Good. Because in the past, we were never conscious of that. No. Never, ever conscious about that. We would just, if we see something, we go. 
And it doesn't matter who we're buying it from, we would just buy it. But we definitely need to support Black-owned businesses. I even said to him, I said, you're a Black man, you have your business. You need to get on those websites for Black-owned businesses and be a part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I and it's something that. he just never thought of because we never think that way. We think business is business and we're mm -hmm. open to doing business with everybody, mm -hmm. which we are. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it, but we realize that a lot of uh, Black businesses have been suffering and they don't get the business that they want. And a lot of Black people, instead of supporting their own, they support everybody else, which is what we've been doing. Well, you know, you just said it right there. When I said we have our own country, America fought to, to have one country, one union. So for them to give us our own country, they're, not, they're never ever gonna give us a part of America and said it's your own country. So, but what we could do, if you look at um, um, area that is congested with blacks like Los Angeles, Chicago, and all these places, we could create those mini countries as our own countries and keep the money in our black communities. This is part of what I'm talking about. So we are creating our countries by spending the money among ourselves and keeping the money in our own community. If you, if you look at um, uh, uh, here in Canada, for an example, there's, I went down to Markham and there was a, a credit union. I said, oh, let me walk in and probably get a credit union account, right? And let me go inquire about some information. I know credit union are more flexible, right? Uh, so I went in there and come to find out it's an Indian-owned credit union for Indians only. I could not get an account there. Cannot in a million years. No blacks allowed. Only Indians. Are, are, it's there for the Indian people to support them, to build them, to grow them, for to grow their community only. And that's why they own all that area, right? Smart. Um, if you look at the Chinese here, Oh, how many Chinese banks you see all over the place? For Chinese only, I Let went in there to try to get an I account. I went into HSBC. Mm -hmm. Their fees are so high. I'm like, what? Yeah, and probably just for you, right? No, 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 no. Probably, no. These were the probably, gen general um, accounts and everything. I was just really surprised. I was, yeah, probably just for the non-Chinese. That's what I'm saying, right? No, that so, was a price for everybody. If you, okay. if you, um, you might think so. But they that's true structure. because maybe that's just the advertised price and then if i'm chinese and they speak to me they're like oh no you can get this possible of I course don't know. you speak chinese you should it's check different. it out you should get your girlfriend to go and check it out i went into to there's a bank of china down the street and i went into to check it out see if i could get it no i can't get an account right because you got to be chinese it is set up for chinese on the chinese community to support chinese business you see what 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 China is doing is funding these businesses to fund their Chinese community across the world to build up the Chinese communities to own this stuff. So if it's if, if they're doing it, we should be doing the same things. Do you know that a Chinese and an Indian who comes from India, directly from India, from the bush of India, who never speak a lick of English? can live in Canada and be fruitful, have a fruitful life without leaving their community. They could have, they could build wealth just in their community and never have to speak a lick of English. The Chinese and the Indian, right? Even though the Indian, they speak English because of the, the, the they, were, they were colonized. But if, the, my point is this, is that they are, they're congregated so much in, in, and nested in their own community and keep their money in their community so much so that they don't have to leave their community to I build wealth. Yes. Yeah. They don't have to leave their community to build wealth. If you look at all the Chinese real estate agents around here, 99.99% of them only sell to Chinese. It's true. It, this is the funny thing because I have a friend and she listed her house and she listed it with a Chinese person, uh -huh. right? And she's black. Uh -huh. And the only people they bring to the house are Chinese people. Of course. They're not going to bring anybody else. That's all the customers they have, right? So the, the, if you want your house to sell quick, 
then you go to the Chinese agent because they're gonna bring a bunch of Chinese around. No, it hasn't sold yet, but right. That's no, but but you see my We were like, that's just weird because there's so many other people who would love to um, love to live in that house. But what we realize as we walk around the neighborhood on these hot days, we have a lot of Asians living in the neighborhood, like Chinese, Koreans, a lot more than there was in the past. Of course, yeah. You know, so my, my point is that the Blacks have access to it. How is it that the Chinese can come here um, and build wealth? How is it the Indians can come here and build wealth? How is it everybody else can That's come so here true. and build like, wealth? These are the and things that I never know. took the time to think about, but it's yeah. true. And yeah. you're opening my eyes to this now, really mm -hmm. and truly. I know that they always have Black business meetups, I've never actually gone to one. I know my yeah. husband has, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not really one that likes to network. <clears throat> I'm very shy and quiet at times. You're extremely outgoing. So I could see you there talking to everybody, but not right now because of the pandemic and you being a xenophobe. But um, we actually need more of these things where we have visionaries and we're actually building up our black community yeah but the one thing we need to start fixing first is our head we need to we got to fix our head we got to get our soul got to take our soul back because what black people are really good at what we're we're experts at this we're experts at defending the chinaman defending the indian defending the white man but tear down our black brothers and sisters we are experts at that. And so, and that clearly demonstrates that comes, that's the plantation mentality. We have to um, decolonize our mind, mm -hmm. right? We gotta, we gotta start decolonizing our mind because the only thing that's gonna help us grow is unity. And if you look at what took down Garvey, what took down X, what took down MLK, our own people did that. They were able to, 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 um, uh, to inject our own people as traitors to our race. They were able to convince them to go in to, and tear us down to support their cause. You know, right? We got to reject those ideas. It doesn't matter if you kill 10 people. If you kill 10 people and you're the murderer and they want to take you down, I should not give you up. This is the interesting thing because a lot of Caucasians and like Nixon, all of those people, people who took them down, they were Caucasians too. But what I find is it's not as publicized that white people take white people down, Caucasians take Caucasians down. It's not as publicized, but it's really publicized when a black person takes a black person. Okay, but there's a huge difference. And you're, you're talking about you're talking traitors about and everything. Stars. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about apples and oranges, because so. when, because when a when a when a white person um, take another white person down, they're mm -hmm. vying for power, mm -hmm. right? They're taken down. They have a reason behind their takedown. They'll take each other. They they'll side with each other to take you down, me and you down. But mm -hmm. when they want that power, they will go and take each other down. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. Okay, this is just how they rest. But when they want to take you down and me down, they come together and take us down. This is how they, they operate. We don't have that. We don't take each other down for power. We take each other down to keep us oppressed for the oppressor. We have a different mindset taking each other down. So we're basically- We support the oppressor. The oppressor, that's the thing yes. I said. We support the oppressor and take ourselves yes. down. It, and it's happening today in America, in Africa, all over the, the black world, it's still happening till today, this very day, it's happening. So we got to release and free ourselves of that mindset. And the only reason why this is happening, if you look at all the African leaders, why are they not building up their countries with all the resources they have for their people? Why are they keeping them poor? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mindset. They are captured. Their souls are captured. Kagami's doing it. Zimbabwe attempted to do it. Mugabe. What did they do? They took him out. Libya. Gaddafi. They go there and kill them. Right. Uh, 
they, they, they smeared it. They, what they do is that they take your name, smeared it, you're the bad guy, embargo, all of these things on you, right? And there, was a, there was a video I was watching the other day. I think it was Zimbabwe. When Zimbabwe was taking back the farms from the whites, Mugabe, I believe, was taking the farms back from the whites and giving them to the blacks because how the whites got it. They didn't buy it. They didn't come and just, oh, Nicole, I want to buy your land. You have big, beautiful 100-acre land. I want to buy it from you. No, that's not what they did. They come with a gun and said, move, leave. You're in chains. And if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah, that's what they did to the aboriginals here in Canada and in the U.S. And in Australia. Same exact mm -hmm. thing they did in Australia too, right? Mm -hmm. There was 100 million aboriginals Indians in, in, in America in, 14, in the 1400s. By the 1600s, that 100 million cut down to 5 million. I think 5 or 10 million. They killed them all. <laughs> right? Those are stories that people don't talk about. That's not in the history mm -hmm. books. Why? Because they don't want to talk about their atrocities. Right? No, they don't. They, they talk about everybody else's, but not their own. Of, of course. Yeah. The Tainos in the Caribbean, where are they today? There were millions of them that talk about disease. Well, how come the disease didn't kill all of you? <laughs> but it killed them, right? This is the, the atrocities. They use these things. But anyways, my point is this, is that we got to take our souls back. Our souls are captured. And until we reclaim our souls, free ourselves of the dependency of the Europeans, we, until we get to that point, to free ourselves from the so-called white man, the Europeans, we will forever be enslaved mentally. We will be forever be colonized mentally. We gotta decolonize the mind. There is so much opportunity in America and blacks have that opportunity for hundreds of years, but yet we have not, not hundreds, but you understand, maybe a hundred years, but yet we have not been able to take it up and, and, and build ourselves up. We're still in poverty. We're still killing each other. We're still acting as if we're on the plantation. <laughs> and that's what we need to free ourselves of. Until we free ourselves that, as that we will re forever remain subhuman under the umbrella of the Europeans. Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about like, just even in the news, like, um everything black is always politicized uh -huh. everything they do is always politicized of course and that's why they have such a bad name for everything absolutely it, it is the a, image it is, that's projected out there of course it is it, 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 it how is it how is it uh, here's the question i always ask how is it the entire world of all other races hate black people Look at us as the last class citizens of the world, everywhere we go on the planet, even in our own Africa, our own country, we're looked at as last class citizens from them who came, who are coming there, right? How is it we are looked upon as such and we never kill, pillage, or rape their, and murder their people. Their, their people? We never start yeah. a war with them. How is it? How can they hate us? And we've never done any of that. But they worship, they worship and welcome the white man who has done all of that to them. All of that. Mm. And how is that, right? Why? The yeah. marketing campaign around blacks. The market. It's the Houdini. I call them the Houdini. The transatlantic slave trade. When the European enter Africa, entered Africa 600 years ago, almost 600 years ago when they entered Africa, it was the greatest psychological mindfuck of mankind. Yeah. It, it's interesting because as I was watching the video um, with Marcus Garvey, and he started his whole shipping industry, and one of his ships was supposed to go to the Panama Canal. Uh -huh. Honestly, I, I, we went on a boat cruise two years ago, no, a year and a half ago. And um, I booked the Panama Canal because I wanted to go to Cartagena. I wanted to go to Panama places because I heard Panama is an upcoming place. They've got great developments there. That's where you need to invest. 
So I wanted to go to these places. And um, when we were going through the Panama Canal, my husband started giving me the history because honestly, I didn't know the history. And telling me about relatives of his that worked on it. People Tons of Jamaicans. On it. Yes. You all have probably have relatives who died on it. Yes. All black people. Yes. They, you didn't know this. I didn't know this. <laughs> As I said, I can honestly say I'm ignorant to a lot of things, Lincoln. I'm learning a lot of stuff now. Right? So yeah. he was telling me about great uncles and people like that who worked on it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I have family who, members who worked who on it. Who died on it. Died working on it. Mm -hmm. no tons of idea. Jamaicans died and died in it. Tons, there's a ton of Jamaicans. Know. There's a ton of Jamaicans lived today in Panama. The ones who survived stayed, yeah. never came back to Jamaica, and they're still in Panama until this day. A lot of Jamaican families are there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And what difference that canal has made throughout the world. The world. Absolutely, absolutely. If you really think about this, right? And again, about, I didn't know the history of it at all until I got there and my husband was educating me because I, I didn't know what the canal was for. Yeah. If you think about the, the history, there's two things here. You talk about Garvey and the Panama Canal. The reason why Garvey couldn't make it to the Panama Canal is because his captain were sabotaging the ship for the white They they, they, <laughs> they sold him the ship for like six times more than yeah, what yeah. it was. They, they were sabotaging him. Yeah, it was all sabotage. They, they, they did sabotage it in the sense that they it wasn't working properly. They didn't fix it properly. Yeah. They, they had CIA agents watching everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all sabotage, every direction, and he had no idea. He thought his people, he trusted his people, right? But he's trusting his people to take him down and didn't even know. And so that's one aspect of it right there. The, the second part of it here is if you look at, um, if you look at the, the, the resources that black people had to start with, um, back in the day. You look at their resources that they had to start with. It was zero. It was just labor. All they knew, the reason why black people are able to build and grow and we got to own this, we got to understand it. It's because everything that happened during slavery, all the, the, the craftsmen, all the, 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 the farming, all the house building, everything everything, all the, the canal building, all of that stuff, these tradesmanship came from black people, came from. So when, when we were released and said, okay, you are free now, you're free, you're free, you're free. We don't need you no more. Slavery is abolished. You can go, 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 go. We went with nothing, but what we went with was our tradesmanship. We went with, our, we understand how to build homes. We understand how to build carts. We understand how to to be plumbers, we understand how to be electrician, we understand how to invent. So that's why we were able to build Tulsa, Oklahoma, Durham, Carolina. Um, Garvey was able to build that. All across America, we were able to build like that. What we were missing, what we were missing, and that is the key ingredient today. Well, that's why black people are so creative in the, in the communities. The rappers, you're so creative, all these guys are. What we're missing today is this. If Garvey didn't went to America, the people's eyes would not have been open. He was trying to open their eyes in Jamaica, but their eyes were so closed, tightly closed, it couldn't be open. And so when he came to America, his ideas and concept was more acceptable. So he opened their eyes. We need to free our soul and open our eyes. And until that day come, like I said, we will forever remain subhuman in their eyes, useless. We got to understand the power that we're walking with. You know, Angela Maya said, uh, when I come to you, when I'm coming to you, I roll deep. I am bringing my ancestors from five and six generations with me. I roll deep deep. We got to start understanding that, that when we're walking out here on the street, we are rolling deep. We 
come from something. We come from royalty. We are something. And we are able and have the ability and the capabilities to build something for ourselves, our family, and for our race. We got to start believing that. You know, I told you last year, we went out east with my family for a summer family vacation. We drove, right? Mm -hmm. And it was because I wanted to my children to learn about their black history in Canada, how slaves came to Canada. I know you're fluent with the history in the US, but not with Canada. So we, we drove to New Brunswick. We drove to PEI and um, Nova Scotia. Those were the three provinces that we visited. And um, we went to um, the Black Cultural Center where we spent the entire day there learning about the loyalists coming to Canada on the ships and how the government promised them stuff and gave, took away everything from them. Um, we went to Africville where they, they, the government moved the black people from there, moved their furniture in garbage trucks. Unbelievable, the things that happened. And my main reason for going there was, I said, to teach the kids about black history and their history. But I also wanted to see their museum, which was a black cultural center where they had everything. And when I went there, I was happy for the information that I got, but was a little sad to see how it's it depressing. was. Not just the history, like it wasn't well kept, well maintained because they don't have the funding. Uh -huh. Right? Uh -huh. Like, I look at the wrong. I look at the art gallery. I look at all these places, and they're so beautiful. Uh -huh. And I drove days from here, from Toronto, there to go see them. And it would have been nice to see a building that was nicer. I always said if I made a certain amount of money, I would donate it to them, or I would try to get them a bigger location. We went downtown to the library, and the library is a beautiful building. And so many people were there at the library, and I thought, wow, they should have a building like this to display our history. Why don't we start a fund, right, and get Blacks all over the world to, world to put a dollar in but it, and we could go and we could donate it and build that building. But that's not even it. So when I was younger, I've always gone to these museums. I love going to museums. I love going to art galleries. So for my anniversary this week, my husband took me to the Aga Khan Museum. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I've always seen the building and I've always said, I want to go there, want to go there, want to go there. I was sleeping when he drove and when we got there, he's like, can wake up. And there we were, I'm like, oh my God, you finally took me here. Yes, I'm a little, I'm more, most people would want to go to concerts and do different things. I wanted to go to a museum. And I didn't mention it to him. He remembered that it's somewhere I wanted to go. What was really beautiful about this museum was, um, he's a prince that opened this museum here in Canada. He's been in the news as well with Justin Trudeau. It was open in 2014. Beautiful. Um, it focuses on people from Afghanistan, from um, Syria, Persia, Iran, like names have changed, but that's what the whole entire museum is on. And I said to my husband, I love it here. We, we, he thought we would have been there for an hour, but we were there closer to three hours. We looked at wow. every single thing. And I said, this is what I'd love to do. Have my a museum, a section based on Jamaica and the history, a section based on St. Lucia and the history, all of the Caribbean, all of Africa. So people around the world could actually come and learn and see it. Around maybe six or eight years ago, 
we did another trip. We drove to Washington, D.C. Why? Washington, D.C. has all these beautiful monuments and they have all these um, museums that are free. You get to go into a lot of them free. The last time we went to uh, Washington, I think maybe it was three or four years ago, they finally opened the Black Museum. But we couldn't get tickets for it. You have to be in line for like six months to get um, on the wait list wow. to get tickets for the Black Museum. We went to the Martin Luther King Monument, which was beautiful. It doesn't really look like him, but just the way it's built and everything that's being said, like all the posts that came from him, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I really wanted to have something here in Canada like that. And I can say that that would actually be my dream to just have a museum like that. Kids can go there because they don't really learn the history in school. They could then go to this museum throughout the year on school trips and learn, learn the true history. I'm learning it now and I'm learning it in my adult years. So yeah. kids could learn especially children from the um, underdeveloped communities, right? They could go there and learn and see their history. True. Really learn their history. Um, as I said, I, I, I listened to this podcast as well. And I was listening to Jay Shetty, and he was interviewing this rapper by the name of Charlemagne. I, I don't know who Charlemagne is, but I was listening to him. <laughs> and he, um, because I don't really listen to rap music, I don't understand half of the things they're saying. My kids have to translate, so I guess I'm old. I don't understand yeah. a lot of the slang. And he was talking about his life going to jail and growing up. And he was talking about his role models, right? And his role models were just a lot of the rappers because they're the ones that had the nice homes nice cars and they were the ones that were successful so he aspired to be a rapper and he ended up being a rapper but he said a lot of the things that were in the music they were calling women bitches they were telling them to suck dick and things like that right and they were just so disrespectful to women and he remembers um al sharpton was talking about it and then they told him to like shut up you know they just completely ignored him but now he's older, he's 40, he's a successful rapper, he has businesses, he's doing really well, he's an entrepreneur. And he's like, I finally realized how we were oppressing our people with that kind of rap music and holding them back. And he realizes that those were the only successful black people that they saw. And because that's what they saw, they aspired for that. Of course. So it was either successful black people in sports or simply rapping. Mm -hmm. Like Oprah was the exception, right? Yeah, of course. You got to understand that we, you know, our history is tainted and a lot has been hidden, right? And the history is written by the oppressor. So it's going to be written yeah. to the advantage of the oppressor, right? So my, we, my husband and I had that conversation this week too, yeah. that the, our history is written by the oppressor. Yeah, it's. I mean, so not it's gonna be not the oppressed. If, yeah. if, if the oppressed was the, I, I often and we need say to that. have two sides. Yeah, I often say if the oppressed was to write the history, that would be World War Three. Yeah, because the atrocities that has been committed, we can't even comprehend it. Yeah, right. So the the history is written to the advantage of the oppressor, not mm -hmm. the oppressed. And if you look at black history, just in America alone, the way it was taught, um, black history in America is taught as if slavery only happened in America. Yeah. And it, it's taught that it was only something that not so bad. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it just started, they just started to teach it, by the way, just like two days ago, right? And so, you know, South America, Central America, the Caribbean, Africa colonization, none of this is mentioned, yeah. right? It, it, it just happened like, okay, you're the only group of black people that was enslaved like 400 years ago, and it's okay, don't worry, it was nothing big deal. Forgive me, just a slap on the wrist, goodbye. That's the way it's, it's come across as, right? And so we need to understand the Angela Mayo 
concept that we roll deep, that kings and queens and prince and princesses was dethroned in Africa at gunpoint and put on a ship to become slaves. Yeah. So some of our bloodline are from mm -hmm. royalty. Oh, yeah. We need to understand these things. And when we start understanding these things, that's why this ancestry, you know, tra your DNA, tracing your DNA is so important. Because when you start to understand the tribe you come from, and you start to understand the places you come from, and who you belong to, and where you belong, you start having a sense of ownership, a sense of belonging. Your confidence level rise, your self-esteem elevated. Right? And this is one of the things we need to do. Here's some of the things we need to do to free our souls. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta free our souls. Our souls has been captured for 400 years. We gotta decolonize the mind. We gotta get off the plantation. And we're not off the plantation. If you go into our communities, if you go into our communities, even in Africa, I'm talking all across the world where black people is. I'm not talking about America. Uh, black people across the world, mind has been colonized. Even online, if you go on YouTube now, they're talking about coming to Africa. Even they're fighting against each other. Black people are fighting. I'm like, you're fighting the wrong people. You are fighting the wrong people. Yeah, they talk about black people fighting against each other and that's what they show. And then the world ends up believing it. Even exactly. Though it's not that, which is really sad. But yes. Lincoln, we, we touched on quite a few things today. Yes. What would you say today's sweeteners are? Like, what did, what was, what did you learn today? Well, the first thing I think that we need to, to start doing is to self-educate. Self-educate. I agree self -educate with Self-educate to free our soul. Learn yes. your history. Research yes. it. Learn about yourself. Yes. Learn about your family. Learn about their lineage. Learn about black, being black. Why you're yes. black. Self-educate and understand the reason why you need to keep your money black. You should literally count how many hands that money is exchanged? How long that money is staying in your community? Yeah, I remember when we had a previous podcast, you talked about like Jewish people. They passed the money, I think like 18 times 18 in times. their community before it actually leaves the Jew Jewish community. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we need to do that. We need we to, yes. So we need to purposely, that's the second thing we need to do. The first thing is to self-educate. The second thing, purposely go out of your way to keep your money black yeah okay the third thing we need to do is that it doesn't bec mean because you're poor you have to look like uh, uh, like you, you live under a bridge and you have to keep your community like garbage it does not equate to that clean up your communities clean it up don't throw garbage on the ground and put on your best dress when you're leaving the house Garvey started that movement to make people feel good. And then X came and did that. Uh, uh, not X, MLK came and did that. Dress, when you're, doing, when you're leaving your community, dress to the T. Look good. Stop sagging your pants. Pull it up above your waist. Look like somebody, okay? You, we got to do that. So these are some of the things we need to start doing. That's my yeah. two cents. Yeah. It is. Um, before we go, I also wanted to mention that Black thought leaders, please reach out to us, right? Yes. Let us know um, what you're doing. Yes. Let us know how you're building up the Black community, how you're mm -hmm. helping, how you're educating, so we can be a part of it, too. Absolutely. It's very important. We, we, we need to do this. Um, we need to be united as one. Uni unity. Unity. Yeah. We got to become one race, right? We, we got to stop to hating each other and start loving each other. We okay. need to one build race. ourselves up and let them know that. Let let our children know. Let the future know that Absolutely. they can do whatever they put their minds to, as long as there's action. Absolutely. You know, let them know that they're just as capable as the next person. Absolutely. Let them know that it's the mentality that holds them back and they need to get rid of that mentality. Once they get rid of that mentality, that mindset, the sky's the limit. And you don't need to be rich no, to volunteer obviously. and to build your community up. Exactly. You can organize. These gang members that you see out there, they understand a couple things. They understand leadership 
They understand mm -hmm. team building. Yeah. They understand brotherhood. They understand these things. The only thing they're doing, they're channeling that energy and that understanding in the wrong direction, yeah. in the direction that destroys and not yeah. creates. They mm -hmm. need to channel that in the direction that creates in their communities. So mm -hmm. that brotherhood, that team, that leadership, they need to start channel that in their communities and build their community up, protect mm -hmm. their brothers and sisters and build their community up and grow their communities. They can do it on a smaller level. If each community do this on that scale, the sky's the limit for us black yeah. folks. Africans, mm -hmm. I should say, not black, we're Africans. Well, call us what you may. I haven't decided if I should call us Africans, black people, or what yet. I'm still um, trying to come to terms with all of that. Well, black but, was a thing that was given to us. I know. And black and white was a thing that was given to them. The black was given to us. For I, I, I really and truly you don't even like being called black because yeah. like the other day I was with somebody and she's like, oh my God, today's such a black day. Yeah. And I'm like, just, just the connotation that comes with the word black. Everything is negative okay. associated with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's my issue. But yeah. you know what? Africans. This was a really great um, podcast today, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And I would like to thank our audience for making lemonade with us today. Be good to yourself. Be grateful for all that you have because you do have a lot. Amen to that, sister. Hey, <laughs> folks, until next time, make it a happy day. Take care. Bye-bye.